Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy. Let us find grace to help us in our time of need. And we always need you, Lord, and you're always there. So we thank you for this day. You've made it for us to be glad in. We are rejoicing in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. So we're talking in this session about what the strong man does. And this is to identify demonic activity. What we're dealing with here is the spirit of Pharaoh uh, that we know is probably the leading strong man. Um, I know people identify other spirits, probably lesser, uh, because this one tends to be the strongest of the strong man because he tends to keep everybody else under his control and under his authority. And so we identify him based on certain characteristics in the way that he affects cultures, uh, the way he affects families, the way he affects governments. Uh, any place where there's leadership, this is where you see strong men getting involved. And uh, we talked about... Um, Jesus um, uh, delivering the madman, they call him the madman of Gadara, <clears throat> a man who lived in the tombs, and uh, he was over ten cities. And that's how you identify strong men. When they come down, look at what effect it has on the earth. You know, the people under that person's influence, look what effect it has on them uh, after he's dethroned. And so this is how you know your prayers are effective because you see movement, you see change, you see uh, freedom, you see uh, um, situations change in, in wide geographical areas, you see um noticeable change i'll put it to you that way and so we if you know the story you remember uh it's uh i always remember it because the <laughs> the the story following it is the one about jairus's daughter being raised from the dead amen and so these cities uh, decapolis was the the um uh name of the ten cities and it appears that this strong man, this this man that lived in the tombs, was responsible for that whole area. And so when when you look at that, you look at the impact that his one man being delivered, one strong man coming down, had the effect of ten cities opening up to the gospel. Because Jesus told him he wanted to go and follow Jesus, and Jesus told him, no, don't follow me. I want you to go back. In other words, go back to them people that you have messed up all these years. You understand what I'm saying? Go back and tell them what I've done for you. Now that you, the man inside, is free, when you get a person free and you don't look at, oh, he's got devils or, oh, he's so bad or, oh, he's this, oh, he's that. Jesus looked at that man with compassion and saw, here's a human being here that the enemy is tormenting and I'm here to set him free. I'm not here to cause trouble. I'm here to set him free. And once he was set free, then Jesus had him go and what we might call clean up your mess. You know what I'm saying? You and your 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 hordes of demons that choked to death 2,000 pigs. You got me? So his his power was pretty great. 
in that area. You know, he wasn't lying when he said Legion. That mean a bit might have been an exaggeration, but we know that that at least two thousand swine were killed after those devils left left him, and Jesus allowed him to enter into the swine. The other thing the strong man does not like to do is give up his territory. He will beg, barter, resist, uh, set up counter uh, strategies to keep you from dislodging him uh, because they like to have control over what they have control and they seem to be organized just like a military uh in fact sometimes better than a human military because human beings always have their own ideas you know you see they always get kicked out of the service because they don't want to go along with things amen and so when you see that you and you see how the enemy is so regimented and uh he doesn't like to lose ground and lose territory and so he will fight you but he must you hear me he must he must obey your command amen he's got to leave and so in in he knew that when he was begging jesus to let him stay you know he left anyway amen and so as he left that area then the people that lived in the area were kind of thrown into confusion. Remember when they saw what Jesus had done, they came and saw the man that's, that used to be demon-possessed. He's in his right mind, and he's worshiping God and all this kind of stuff. When they looked at that, they got afraid. See, many times people, when they're they're losing their fun, they're losing their lifestyle, they're losing the way they used to live, you will see fear rise up in people instead of them being glad that they can be delivered too. And so as they're coming out from under the influence of these 2,000 demons that have now left that area, they're in confusion, they're really afraid of Jesus. So really, when people still have that fear of God, there's more work to be done. So somebody has to come through and tell them the truth. No, no, we used to live like that. Now, we don't have to live like that. Look what Jesus did for me. You you saw what I was like. I couldn't I couldn't even live in a house with my family. I was so bad. You know, it's like you'll see some homeless people that, that used to be living on the streets and then God saves them and they get cleaned up and they can tell a testimony of what God has done for them. Amen. If God sends them back, now you have to do that uh, under God's command because you have to be anointed to overcome these things. If you're not strong enough to overcome them, you might want to put that off until God gives you the unction to go and speak to people. But he will open the door for you to give your testimony. And that's really all he did with the strong man there. He he opened the door for him. He said, no, I don't want you to go with me. He said, I want you to go back. In other words, you will be more effective for me if you stay here and tell these people that used to be afraid of you and under your control, tell them what great things the Lord has done for you, how he has had compassion on you, and how he has had mercy on you and delivered you. And he did that, and he went to all ten cities that he had control over. Amen? And so when you understand the power the strong man has, you will be ever more willing to fight against these things because we have authority over them. 
I remember telling the Lord, you know, I, I remember, you know, and I, I've shared this before. I would, you know, we had a women's uh, ministry and I, I, you know, went in a couple times and there's some, some lady, nice lady looking nice. She all dressed up, looked better than I was actually. And just start manifesting, you know, the devil made her start acting up and jerking and, and, you know, wanted to overtake her and, you know, everybody else stand up looking and I said, well, leave her alone you know and i went and prayed for her and the demon left that was one of the first anointings god gave me i wanted a nice anointing like i want to pray for sick people and do this but you get what you what you need from god you know what i'm saying you have to take what he gives you and i'm very thankful he started me that way because that began to be my life's work Amen. You gotta take it. If you're gonna pray, you gotta, you can't beg God for stuff all day, folks. You know, y'all know better. He's given it to us already. If you don't have faith, it's already given. You're not gonna get much from Him. And what's the matter is the obvious. Somebody's stealing your stuff. What you gonna do about it? See? And so I always told God, I said, I don't like fighting these, I used to call them, uh, uh, what I call them? Continental breakfast devils. <laughs> I said, show me who's in charge of this mess. I said, I'd rather fight with him than to chase off to these little empty devils all day long. And so he did. You know, sometimes you ask for what your ministry is. I didn't just come up with that. That was something God showed me was, was necessary. And so, but he needs your permission to, to, to take you into these things. And so we've been fighting the devil ever since. We've been fighting a strong man. Nobody in here is scared of a devil. You have an anointing that gives you assurance that, that, you know, this is, this is normal for you, you know? Uh, I don't, people who get excited about demons don't stay around for very long. You understand? They just don't. I don't know what it is. You either get over it or you get gone. So, you know, you can't have people working both ways. Amen. And so you have no fear and you just take authority. And, and I know that, that declaring the word in our prayers helps more than anything to give you that assurance and that confidence. See, it gives you immunity against the devil's power. When you're prophesying the word of God all the time and declaring what God is doing and what he will do and you're making the devil leave everybody alone. Amen. And so, and you carry that with you if you allow yourself to understand that it's there. Amen. It's not just for when we're in here together praying and, you know, everybody big and bad and all that kind of stuff. It's really not about that. The anointing helps insulate you a lot from fear. And it insulates you from, from fearful thoughts and, oh, what's the devil going to do? I, I just bound the devil. I don't want him to get me back. Well, you never think like that because you have an anointing that that is a shield. You have that faith that comes up as a shield for you and keeps you protected if you'll stay under it. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's a good thing to stay close to God in these things. So we're talking about the spirit of Pharaoh and how he manipulates um, his subjects. Uh, Pharaoh is a dictator, and you need to know that. He does not give anybody authority and power except for himself. And so uh, this spirit looks for human flesh uh, so that he can inhabit uh, the soul of a person, the mind of a person, 
we have a lot of uh um what i would call uh in in as far as uh um cultures are concerned every culture has middle class upper class you know and really that depends on your finances more than anything so the strong man in every city works with the spirit of mammon amen write that down because they partner with spirits that allow them to be enticing to people so that when the enticement comes that's their hook to lure people in so that they can manipulate them and use them and so mammon money is a a tool that pharaoh will use either the promise of it either uh, promising it or withholding it and this is how he manipulates people with the spirit of mammon so there are are times when people uh will will prosper greatly you know like god god is prosperity period so he's not in the world system his kingdom operates independent of the world system so if you're serving god your finances come from a different source amen they they you have money in this world but the source of it is totally different so as long as you obey God and you you love him, you worship him, you respect his rules, God will take care of you. And and that money will come to you in the natural realm. Now it comes through a job or it comes through uh some type of benefit. Sometimes you're retired and you get a benefit or if you've got investments, it comes through the interest on your investments from, you know, a bank or something like that. It is a natural manifestation, but the wealth comes from God, which means that it's not subject to the rules of this earth. So if the earth is, is lacking, you never lack. And I'm going to say it again because we've got a lot of Christians running around telling you to stock up on this and stock. Remember, pick up all the toilet paper you can get because we're going to run out of it. I don't know who started that lie, but I've never gone to the store and couldn't get toilet paper. I don't care how bad it got. Amen. And I buy it by the case anyway because I have to have it for the church. And, it's you know, I'm not going to run out and get, let me get four rolls for me and four rolls. No, just just have the truck back it up here and you got enough. When it runs out, you go get some more. You understand what I'm saying? And I've always lived like that, you know, in in expecting God to take care of me. you got to do that. And so if you're expecting God to take care of you, why are you buying all this dried food? You understand what I'm saying? And, and there are a lot of Christians and, and, you know, just to me, I always say, well, follow the money. Who's making money from it? People who are pushing it to you. So they're going to put you in a panic anyway, because that's how, that's the only way, the only way you can serve, uh, sell somebody some food that's going to last for 25 years. You got to put some fear in them. You got me? And if you can put fear in people, you can get them to do anything, pretty much. And so this, these are, 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 I would say the scraps of Pharaoh's authority when you see Christians jumping over the line 
or stepping over into the enemy's territory and putting fear on people to do certain things. That was the old covenant. And it didn't work then. You know, if you don't do this, God's going to curse you. If you don't do this, God's not going to do that. Well, that was true back then. But we are, we have a better covenant based on better promises. It's a covenant of grace, which is unmerited favor, which you don't know how you get it. You don't know where it comes from, and but you don't want it to stop. So you do the best you can obeying God. It's not a tit for tat thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give God this and He gonna give me that. You don't know it. You don't know all that. You don't know how this system works. You better live by faith. And what faith is that God provides every, give us this day our daily bread. You get in the habit of praying that prayer every day. I guarantee you bread is gonna be on your table with no stopping. And as for fresh bread, don't order that freeze-dried stuff. My goodness. He knows how to rain manna out of the sky. He's done it before. He'll do it again. It's no big thing to God. He'll take whatever you have in your cupboard and make it multiply and never give out. He's done it before. He'll do it again. Amen. I want to tell you all about all the little faith projects I got. Listen. If, 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 if it fails, it won't be because I ain't, ain't trying at it to keep it going supernaturally. Amen. I got, a uh, some projects, uh, you know, perfume. I'm, I'm not going to be buying a lot. I make up my mind. I said, God, I spent my last on whatever, whatever. You know, I'm just not buying it anymore. I'm using my faith for it and all of that. And I, I, I have to tell myself, I, I don't like aerosol deodorants in the bathroom. Cause they don't do the job. I don't know about y'all, but they don't do the job at my house. Ain't nobody there in that bathroom but me. But, uh, I actually, I was in a, uh, a department store ladies room. And it always smells so nice in there. And I told her, I, I saw one of the ladies that cleaned, one of the ladies that cleaned in there one day. I said, ma'am, do you mind if I ask me, ask you what kind of room deodorizer you should? She said, we don't use room deodorizer. We use perfume. She said, they don't buy us room deodorizer. They said, go over there and get some perfume off the perfume counter. She said, and get some cheap stuff too. She said, don't let us have the stuff in that locked up cabinet. She said, go get some cheap stuff. And so I did that. Uh, I got a, a bottle, I think they're, what, 12 ounces, 10 ounces, something like that. You know, a little, my nice little size bottle of um, uh, white diamonds, Elizabeth Taylor's. Not my brand, but, you know, it's, I picked it up at uh, like a TJ Maxx or something like that. It was discounted. And so I said, well, Lord, I'll just use this for my, my deodorant spray in here. And, and so I bought that. It's been, let me see, turn me off for a minute. Just, just for a minute, honey. We'll take a Okay. So I bought that five years ago. And I've, I've been saying, God, I got a little corner left in there. I've been saying I got a little corner for two whole years. That bottle is still, every time I go to spritz, it spritz. You got me? See, these are faith projects. These are not like, oh, I'm out of stomach. 
God's kids don't whine. God's kids do not whine. We don't whine. Amen. You just begin to thank God. And every time I spray, I say, God, I thank you. I got some more spritzes left in here. And, you know, keep it going. Amen. And I'm not going to tell you all about the whipped cream that's still in my refrigerator. I moved that from the old, my old garage. I don't use it. Now, what everybody going to say, why she going to put whipped cream on something tomorrow? Yeah, I am going to put, but it ain't going to be my whip, not my miracle whipped cream. I get that to people that appreciate a miracle. Give it to you skeptics. <laughs> Amen. But you keep your faith alive that way. I'm not going to let my faith go dead, cause, you know, just because I, hey, you know, something ain't coming. No, I know something's coming because my spritz has still got some spritzes left. And my whipped cream in the refrigerator from seven years ago is still fresh. You understand what I'm saying? So you live like this. So this way, I'm not running out trying to buy no dried up food. And I'm not going to be begging for none from somebody that's, if somebody's scared enough to buy food 25 years in advance, they ain't going to give you nothing. So you best not knock on their door. You understand what I'm saying? Just let them go with their dry food and let them help themselves and bless them. If you think that's keeping you together, go for it. You understand what I'm saying? But I'd like to appeal to a higher. Faith is always higher. Faith, faith will work to materialize something out of nothing. Amen. So you can't get better than faith. So you might as well make up your mind, start using your faith now instead of sitting on it all day, waiting for a, a, a opportunity, emergency, so you can use it because you need a miracle. Faith will keep you a miracle going in your life at all times so you don't need an emergency anything. You have plenty on hand for every every good work that God has you involved in, and certainly he will take care of you. Amen. So uh, people have survived um, depressions, recessions, famines, all of that stuff. Why? They do it by faith. Everything in the natural is gone, so your faith is going to take you through on these things. And so what Pharaoh does is he puts fear. He is the big fear ruler. Just like the Gadarene demoniac covered that area, people were afraid of him. So when you see fear manifesting and and putting itself on people, making you afraid not to do this and afraid to do that, and, and running your life in the fear of, if I don't do this, I don't know what's going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. You know he's at work. And, and if we allow him to get into us, we'll start being his fear messengers. And that's what you don't want to be. You don't want to be the one that keeps spreading fear to people. You know, all these people that, oh, America's being judged. I don't think so. He don't just, do you, have you read your Bible? He would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah if Abraham had kept praying, interceding. He just stopped. God would have found a way to do it, folks. You understand me? He don't tell you to pray for something. If Come on now. If he's not interested in doing, he didn't want to kill all them people. He wants to spare people. My goodness. But he never destroys the righteous with the wicked. 
You just keep serving him and watch it pay off. You'll get afraid about judgment to come. You just keep serving God. And you say, no, honey, that ain't for me. You sell that someplace else. I'm not buying it. Amen. And I'm not trying to get away with nothing. I serve God. I worship him. I bless his name. Whatever he wants me to do, I do it. I drop what I'm doing and do what he tells me to do. I'm not one of them put it off till I feel like it, people. Then people don't get real far. Tell you right now, they don't. And so I'm, I'm not one of them people who talk about a prophecy for 15 years and never see it happen. So you know what I'm saying. You, you just be active in the service of the Lord. I'm anxious to serve him. I want to serve him. And so it, it, with the spirit of Pharaoh, though, he uses fear, intimidation. We saw that with how he dealt with, with Moses and the children of Israel. He told him, he said, uh, yeah, I'll let you go, but but watch yourself. So you're not going to take your kids, are you? No, you leave your kids here. He always wants a bargaining chip. Amen. He wants leverage. You see where in now they're enacting laws now. You, you keep up with your issues. Get out and vote against this nonsense. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not a party person. You're an issue person. What do they talk about? What do they want to do? What are they going to do if you give them power to do something? Look at those issues. Now, if you, in California, they're passing a law now, or just did yesterday, that if you fight the courts and, and your kid wants to transition to an opposite sex, they'll take that kid away from you. You have no say-so. No say-so. There are many things they allow children to do they don't tell parents at all. They keep a secret about your children from you. They've been doing it where birth control is concerned, abortion is concerned. They've been doing that. And parents sit and kind of suspect something, but they think it's going to go away. Well, guess what? It's not going anywhere. It's getting worse. And now that it's exposed, we got to do something. You don't let the devil get exposed and let him keep doing what he's doing. You take authority over him. You tell him he's got to stop. Not my kid, not my grandkid, not anybody in my city's kids, nobody in my school's kids, nobody. You don't have them. They don't belong to you. They belong to God. And so we fight on behalf of the Lord and let God have control in these areas. The reason you don't hear this, because you know, you know, if you just watch mainstream news, you won't hear it. Because that's part of Pharaoh's deception. He keeps the truth hidden as long as he can. You got me? So we're, we're living in a world where you've got to now search for information. You've got to search for what you know. Like people started saying years ago when the inter- internet was new, do your research. And that's really the way to live. You've got to find it out for yourself. Because these people are not interested in what you're interested in. Especially if you're interested in a normal life, they don't know what normal is anymore. And so what they do is they, they allow people to, to, uh, have freedom 
as long as they can keep some control, this is Pharaoh, you'll think you're free, but he's got some control over your life that you have no say about. They're constantly working to get laws passed to take the control of your family away from you. They, they got your paycheck already. There's no stopping the increase in taxes. You know, I mean, it's, it just keeps going up and up. We keep getting more and more in debt. You can barely find any Congress people that want to fight the debt anymore. They used to try to put up a front against it, but they're not even willing to do that and reduce your taxes and give them back to you. Amen. Most people did not vote for this border to be open the way it is. But now the people that, you know, we had all these uh, mayors, some of this is a sanctuary city. Okay, help yourself. Now they got so many people, they, they're out of money and they're crying and screaming now. No more sanctuary. Well, I thought you liked that kind of stuff. See, this is the way the devil does. He's okay as long as it's just on paper. This is how politics operate. It's all words. And as long as we can just say it and not have to live it, we're good. But when it comes to living it, you run into problems. Like most liberal people, they like that word liberal because, oh, that sounds like I like everybody. And I'm not racist and I'm not a bigot and I'm just uh, a nice person. They think it sounds like they're a nice person. Until you come to living the liberal lifestyle, which allows transvestites to come in your school and put your children on their laps, say they're reading stories to the children. Now, if you don't believe, just Google it. Just Google transvestite story hour. If you're on Instagram, Google it. I mean, Instagram it. Look it up. Search it. And see what pictures you see. What are they doing? They're trying to teach your children that wrong is right. Right? Evil is good. And good people who tell you it's wrong, we're evil. So, you know, here the persecution of the church is getting worse. Whether you realize it or not. There are a lot of people who are Christians that don't want to go to church. Why? Because they're afraid. They're afraid to be named uh, in Jesus' name or be associated with God's people. It's a lot of fear. That's why Jesus put it in the Bible. He said, if you're ashamed of me in front of men, I'll be ashamed of you in front. He knew this day was coming. That's why people don't show up anymore. They don't want to be identified as Christians. Because all the the stuff they look at says Christians are are haters. We got hate speech. If you tell people homosexuality is wrong, it is wrong. It's God's law. I didn't make it up, but I live by it. I live by God's law, and I'm not ashamed to, to say I live by it. I'm glad he gave me a way to stay sin free. Amen? Glad he teaches us right from wrong. You can live that way. But if you say it's wrong and you pray for somebody, they won't put you in jail. you That's hate speech. You can't speak to people like that. So here we go, Pharaoh controlling what you say. 
you're not allowed to say. They used to call it politically correct. Remember that? Now they just shut you up. Huh? Cancel your account on social media. Anytime they see you with a little platform where you can influence people, they put a stamp. That's Pharaoh. Put his foot down on your mouth and tell you you can't say certain things. Amen? And dividing families. They did this in Nazi Germany. They had children turning their parents in. Parents wanted to read the Bible to the family like they always did. They they went pretty soon. You got arrested. Kids, and they the, they would applaud the children for doing it. Oh, you did right. You pleased Helfielder. Got me? That's Pharaoh. Come on, y'all. And we got to sober up here. It's not a time for, you know, well, that's that's okay. And we pray a little bit and go back to work and go back to what you've been doing. You know, get in the fight for sure. Be in the fight every day. Don't let the enemy get any kind of twisted. And, you know, the first thing your little carnal mind was, well, it ain't that bad. I don't know why she's so upset. Girl, I'll stay upset about the devil. But I do something about it, too. I'll sit up and just let him do what he does and say, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. It's so bad out there. No, I know what's going to happen. God's going to come from my prayers. Amen. And the devil's going to back up because I can make him do it. God said I can. So God backs me up when I do what he would do if he were here. And this is what you do. And believe in your prayers. Believe these these uh, powers will let people go when they're addressed. Amen? Well, I don't see no change. This ain't about sin. This is about faith. You don't have to see nothing. You think God has to prove something to you? You better try and prove something to him. Prove you're going to keep praying whether you see something or not. The proof is on you, sweetheart. Let's get an understanding here. Don't get it twisted. You know, that's how the faint-hearted do. They want to quit and would quit. They're just looking for an excuse. Well, I used to pray like that. Well, let's get away from me. I don't like used to people. I like people who are still in the fight. Don't give me these used to people. Amen. I'll keep fighting. If, if I'm the last one, I'm going to keep doing it. I don't care. Amen. So some of the tools that Pharaoh uses, brainwashing and propaganda. And we see that with the children of Israel. Um, let me see. What did I do with my, oh, here's my Bible, <laughs> Exodus. I'm trying to hang on to my readers, get my Bible, then I pick the readers back up. Ay, ay, ay. Brianna, would you uh, ask Pastor Shirley where my phone is in there and bring my phone to me? Yeah. Praise God. And the girls are very well behaved today. You want to take a nap, sweetie? You take a nap. Yeah, there you go, shorty too. Both of y'all lean over. I mean, you know, they're, they're good. I mean, you know, everybody, hey, everybody else in here napping, they, they shouldn't, these grown-ups shouldn't be the only ones. 
I'll get y'all a nap too. Okay, so Pharaoh, he's undergoing the plagues where God's showing him that he's God. Thank you, sweetheart. I told the girls to take a little nap. Yeah, yeah, they are right. They're good girls, honey. You know, they're well-behaved. They are. They cool with me. You stay awake, though. Somebody got, you got to be the watchman over the whole thing. Amen. So anyway, as Pharaoh is dealing with Moses, every time he deals with Moses, he is trying to instill fear in him. You got to understand that. When he refuses to let people go, he does it to instill fear in Pharaoh. So then this gets to be a battle of who's gonna, whose confession is gonna remain the same for the longest. That's what you're in a warfare over. And never forget that. Pharaoh wants Moses to change his confession. Now you notice every time Moses goes into Pharaoh, what does he do? He says the same thing over and over and over again. Let God's people go. We gonna go worship God. And Pharaoh says no. And Moses said, well God told me to tell you if you don't let us go, this is gonna happen in your country. And people are gonna look at you as being a lousy leader. I mean that's the implication there. And they're gonna start understanding that Pharaoh ain't so hot compared to Moses' God. And so this is what these plagues and these demonstrations of God's power are about, where God has to let people see it for themselves. Because there are a lot of people that don't believe the government is is out to do them harm. You know, it's like you'd rather not believe it, But if you see evidence of it, after a while, it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. People are conspiring against you to take from you what you have. Because according to Pharaoh's rules, he's limited into his resources. He doesn't have unlimited resources. God's people do. So he's limited, so he's going to have to find a way to hold on to power, hold on to people, hold on to resources, so he doesn't run out. And that's why he works with the spirit of mammon, so that he can promise people things. He can say, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. If anybody keeps up with anything the government says, that's when they, when people say uh, government promises everything and gives very little. That's that's how they do it. It's it's always coming later on. Oh, yeah, well, we would do that, but we don't have enough votes, and we don't have enough this, and we don't. Well, put somebody in there who can do something. You understand what I'm saying? After a while, and these people never intend to do what they tell you they're going to do if you give them power. They just want power. And so you have to be discerning. You have to be careful. That's why many times Christians sit at home. They need to get more involved. Need to have more Christian judges running for judge. You know, that kind of stuff. More in local politics, school boards, all that kind of stuff. Christians need to show up at these meetings. Amen? Because the devil's people are sure taken over. They're not shy about what they want. And they come in there and do all this stuff. Amen? It's it's a shame that that a parent goes into a school board meeting 
and reads a book out of the library and they take the book from him and tell him it's too vulgar. He said, well, it's in your library. My kid brought this home. You mean my kid can read and y'all can't listen to it? He made him listen to it. There's several of them on the internet. I love this one pastor on there and he starts out reading the definition of perversion. And he said, who's the pervert around here to put this in the library and commence to reading it? You understand me? So this is why we pray. You can't sit up and just be asleep all the time and say, oh, you know, I guess I'll go shopping or you know, I need this or I need that. You, you need to pray. You know, God, you need to pray. He needs every able-bodied prayer, prayer person and something that ain't so able. You understand what I'm saying? He's everybody praying. And so this is Pharaoh's, this is his tactic. He likes telling you over and over and over again that he's not going to do what you tell him he has to do. When you live in a country where you have elected officials, they work for you. You don't work for them. See, in a, uh, in, in, and oftentimes it starts out that way. And little by little, people in authority gain power. Once they get it, they don't give it back. Anything they get. Same thing with taxes. Seldom do they go down. They always go up though. Amen. Once they get a, a levy for this and a bond for that and a bill for that, you know, you don't get, you don't, they don't ever get tired of spending that money. Amen. They keep renewing it. They say they gave it to us once. They'll give it to us again. Just tell them it's for something else this time. And so this is how power is, folks. And this is how uh, we have to pray against these illegal powers. Because Pharaoh does not own anybody. He does not own anything. Just like it was during the uh, with the children of Israel. Those were not his people. Those people belonged to God. They lived in a separate area in Egypt. They were self-governing even in Egypt. But it was time for them to go, and God wanted to judge Egypt for the way that they treated his people. And if we're talking about judgment, this is the only judgment that God does. He judges the powers that be for the way they treat his people. Amen? That's the judgment, folks. I don't know where these Christians think, I'm, I don't care, you You may feel like you deserve to be judged, but you go over there and you take yours. I live in Goshen. That's a judgment-free zone, amen? You don't get no judgment in, in Goshen. Every time they had a plague, it was everywhere, said, but in Goshen there was nothing. Egypt went dark for three days and three nights. They had light in Goshen. They don't say where it came from, but they had light. Amen. Amen. So God is not going to curse the righteous with the wicked. Are you crazy? Well, you think the blood of Jesus, that's, that's blaspheming against the blood to say something like that. It's idiotic. That's somebody who don't know much about God, don't know what they're talking about, but trying to have a, a lot of wisdom. You got me? You have enough wisdom to speak on God's behalf. You don't know what's coming. You don't know if your paycheck is coming or not. So why don't you work in that little realm? Try, try to keep your prayers going for a roof over your head instead of pronouncing judgment on everybody. It's the craziest thing I ever heard. 
So anyway, God, uh, I was listening. Now that now that we're on that subject, I was uh, listening to uh, uh, Henry Groover uh, preaching on that, and he talked about some attacks to the country that he saw. And he knew the cities that were going to be attacked, but he didn't name them. He said, God didn't tell me to name them. In fact, he told me not to. He said, but this is why, and and it was kind of interesting. He said, this is why Psalm 91 has always been so popular among believers. And he said that there were people who were, it, it was a, um, a fire, like a nuclear type fire. And he said there were people who were being, uh, burned up and melted in the fire. He said, and there were Christians that were standing and just carrying on conversations. He said, and they carried on the conversation as though nothing was happening around them. And he said, that's the protection and the, that's the shadow of the Almighty. And he said, they walk through fire. And he had no inkling what was happening to the other people. He said it was like it was two different systems and two different situations in this one situation. He said the Christians were were totally uh, uh, protected. They didn't smell like smoke. They barely knew anything. And he said, and then was when it was all over, then everybody could see the ruins that were left. Now look at what just recently happened in Hawaii. And tell me that isn't a foretaste. Do you understand what I'm saying? So these are things, folks, that that you need to understand. When we pray these prayers, we are praying for mercy. We're praying for these uh, demonic powers to let go of the minds of people and the grip that they have on people's hearts with fear. Amen. The Bible talks about man's, men's hearts failing them for fear. Great heart attacks are people just scared to death. And they don't even know what killed them. Their hearts just stop on them because they're so fearful. And so, you know, these are the things that are happening now. Where people are being forced to make decisions out of fear. Nothing but raw fear. And it's not God and God doesn't want it happening. He wants to deliver people from it. And he is not the God who who punishes in all of that. He's a God of mercy. And he's a God of great mercy. But he wants these demons to be neutralized and out of power. When he said, occupy till I come, that means binding these stupid devils and making them give up their grip on people and stop their lying propaganda. Ask God to wake people up so that they don't believe them that they understand truth and we keep preaching the gospel so that we can get people free. So we talked a little bit last time about propaganda and brainwashing. These are two tools that Pharaoh uses in mind control. And you see when we have, and he's very much tied to witchcraft. He's very much tied to uh, lies and propaganda and he's tied to fear. And so propaganda and brainwashing are two tools that he used, and you see it a lot in this this uh, culture, our culture, but worldwide. And it's based on misleading information that uh, people propaganda 
is is misleading information used to promote a political viewpoint. The Nazis used uh, it in posters, speeches, movies. Amen. So, so um, uh, we have all the latest forms of communication are used in propagandizing and brainwashing people. So the Nazi uh, uh, Nazis had a movie. Uh, the name of it was Triumph of the Will. And they say it was the most effective brainwashing or propaganda movie ever made. So they would, would repeat it over and over and over again. If you see in communist countries, they only have one or two channels that you can watch. They hate the Internet because as long as they have satellites, somebody's going to be able to pick up something. They can block a lot of stuff if they want to, but in some places they allow some freedom, in other places they don't, but they get as much of their stuff on there as they can. Amen? So propaganda uses different devices. It using name, uses name-calling. When uh, uh, different political parties say uh, they're racist, don't vote for them, they're racist. So this name calling, instead of saying specific things, say something specific that shows me that's true. You never get that. If somebody just labels somebody, that's a form of brainwashing. That's a form of propaganda. And they get you to believe it, and you don't know why. They use emotionalism. Trigger words, words that trigger you emotionally so that you will believe what they say and not the truth. Amen? For instance, in Nazi Germany, they blamed the Jews, Hitler blamed the Jews because they said that they were uh, stealing money from the people through interest rates, usury. That was something he, he threw out there a lot. Look at what they own. They're stealing from. And then he started using racism. Amen. He, Hitler said that the Germans, or what they called Aryans, A-R-Y-A-N, they were the superior race to everybody else. And he kept the German people angry and inflamed at the Jews so that when he began to kill them and imprison them and exterminate them, those people cheered him on and helped him. So they were intimidated because if they didn't go along with what he was saying, they got punished. But also he would brainwash them so that they would think that what they were doing was fine. Amen. I have a, a, a caption of... Uh, Anne Frank, you all know who she was. She was hidden, and she left a diary behind. And it says, um, the people who killed her were obeying the law. The people that hid her were breaking the law. Got me? So laws can be flipped and, you know, made and told you to do anything they want you to do. It's like abortion. Most of those women would never have gotten abortions if it hadn't been legal. So it's the law now. It must be okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the Bible says don't shed innocent blood. Them babies ain't even alive. They are not in the real world. They haven't done anything yet to warrant being murdered. They get murdered in the womb for nothing. Why? Well, it's the law. You hear preachers say stuff like that. 
Well, you can't tell nobody. Oh, yes, I can. I got a Bible I can read to them. You got me? I can tell them why it's wrong. Everybody, everything your government does is not right, folks. You got to understand that. There's human beings enacting laws, a human just like me and you. And most of them don't know God and don't want to know God. You got me? So you, you got to stay, stay ever prayerful. Don't swallow everything that's fed you. Amen? So Hitler used that, that thing of racism as a cover or a motivation. It was, it would motivated a lot of people. Look at us. We're, we have blonde hair and we look much better than these people. We're better than people and all this kind of stuff. And it was to give him license to do what he wanted to do to exterminate the Jews with impunity. Now, why did he want to do that? Well, he operated a lot in witchcraft power. You need to have help from Satan in order to do a lot of things. And the way he got help from Satan was that he used uh, them as human sacrifices and that increased his power so that just as God's power is on our words and he anoints our words, the enemy can anoint his people's words too and make them very influential, very influential. And so um, the, when, when, when uh, Germany enacted those laws uh, about racial superiority, well, not just whites, but Aryan whites, you know, you had to be a certain whatever they, they were doing, who knows. But uh, their propaganda and brainwashing, they uh, started as socialists and then graduated to Nazis. Does that sound familiar to y'all? That's what they do in this country. Oh, I'm a socialist. Who's been, Bernie, what's his name, been saying that? He really, they never in, intended for him to run for president. He's just the devil's mouthpiece to push socialism. Amen. They had a lot of young people following him. He challenged, gave a pretty good challenge to uh, Hillary Clinton, who they eventually chose as their, their, um, you know, whatever, um, nominee. But they never let him win. I said they never let him win. Even though he had a lot of support, he's just the devil's mouthpiece to gather as many people into the party as they can. Amen. So that they can have numbers. They want to gather more people under their authority. And so in Germany, their propaganda went as far as to put all other races inferior to the Aryan race. So Hitler started his move in Germany in the early 1930s. I think they he invaded Poland. That was the first country he invaded. I think that was 1929 or 30. It was pretty early in the 30s. And there was all this uh, Aryan culture. He had a youth program. They had extensive uh, exercise and health programs. And that's the other thing. Uh, the devil's people always have some new age system for extremely involved in health and fitness and all that kind of stuff. They, they capitalized on that. And they were, um, uh, they would investigate people to if they find out if they were racially pure or not. 
The ones who were pure got the top positions in government. The ones who weren't so pure, I guess you can hang around if you believed in what they were doing. But, you know, they really pushed this. Until 1936, in the Olympics were held in Berlin, Germany. And a African-American man, Jesse Owens, was uh, entered into the race on behalf of the Americans. And he won four gold medals in the Olympics. He was track and field. And um, he crushed Hitler's myth of Aryan supremacy right in the public. Now, what does that remind you of? And... The plagues, God demonstrating that this person is lying right in front of all his people and everybody else. See, you can't write that. You can't plan. Man can't plan something like that. Amen? Because they say Hitler later humbled himself. At first he left the 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 uh, uh, the auditorium, whatever, wherever they were, the stadium. He left the stadium at first when Jesse Owens won his first medal. He walked out. He was in the, you know, dictator's box or wherever. But they said later on that he called, uh, he asked if he could speak to him and privately congratulated him. He's too proud to do it openly. But the president of the United States, who was Roosevelt, never did. Never congratulated Jesse Owens. Something to think about, folks. Something to think about. Got me? So this is a demon that doesn't stop from country to country. He jumps over borders. He jumps over everything because he's looking for power, looking for ways to control people and to keep people under his authority and not let him, not, not let us live free. So Jesse Owens was was uh, lauded and applauded, uh, and and even the the uh, German team that he defeated congratulated him. You know they people are people. You know what I'm saying? But the strong man is able to influence people's minds to that degree that they will will um, they will overlook the obvious. Here's obvious: these people are not superior. They don't, skin color don't make you nothing. You understand? We're all made in the image of God if we will respect one another. You know, we'll get the benefit of that. So, <clears throat> this is part of the strong man, you know, and, and, uh, his, his magicians, his source of power. Amen. And so in, in Nazi Germany, the, the people that were killed and, and exterminated, not just Jews, they were, there were other people who were killed as well. All of this gave Hitler more power. When you see them willing to imprison people and to kill people, that's, that's Pharaoh's, um, armament. That's what he uses. He, he will strip you of everything. If you speak against me, I show you what I'll do to you. And right now in this, this country, uh, Pharaoh is using the court system to punish people more than anything. Because you go to court and before you know it, you're out of money. You got to sell your house just to get lawyers to defend you. And many times these charges are false. These people haven't done anything except spoke against Pharaoh and what he wants to do. 
they they raise up a standard against what the enemy is doing and your payoff is I'll ruin you. So that's the fear tactic of Pharaoh. He will ruin people. He will uh, uh, try and take their jobs away from them. I was watching, there's a, um, a man uh, uh, that's in court now in Texas. He's the attorney general. And he's been suing the federal government about all these people coming across the border. They are ruining the state of Texas. Normal citizens aren't safe on their property. People are overrunning their property, and the the government does nothing. They just let them do it. So he's been in the courts, and recently they sued him. He's been disbarred. So I was watching part of the trial, and the the, uh, investigators that brought the charges admitted under oath. uh, His defense lawyer asked him, he said, he said, did you have evidence when you went to the, the, uh, um, you know, uh, assistant attorney general to file charges against him to impeach him. He said, he said, just answer yes or no. And the guy was, abbot, 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 abbot. He said, he said, answer me yes or no. He said, no, we did not bring evidence. And the man just shook his head. He was so angry and so exasperated, but he got to get paid for his time. The court's got to get, everybody's got to get paid. So this is a uh, mammon spirit coming to bankrupt people and ruin people when they speak out against what the government's doing. Well, you can believe it if you want to. I believe it because I do my research. I quit sitting up in front of the television watching the same tape loop over and over again. That's, you know, that's propaganda. That's brainwashing. You can do better than that. Amen. So propaganda and brainwashing are misleading information to promote a political viewpoint. Amen. The only viewpoint you hold dear is that of freedom. Let my people go. That's that's what you want to hear. You want to hear that people are free to worship. People are free to work where they want. They're free to get a promotion on a job. They're free to buy a house wherever they want to. Amen. And, and all of these scare tactics and manipulation and slogans and, and all of these things that people use every day to put shame and damnation on other people who don't believe like we, they believe. We have a First Amendment that provides freedom of speech for everybody, but more and more people are stepping on it. And they're not being fought back against. You have a right to say whatever you want to say. Amen. So, so in, in communist, true communist countries, they have what they call re-education camps where they find you saying things against what the government says you're supposed to do. And they will send you there, arrest you and send you there and brainwash you what they call re-educate you. What you think is very important to Pharaoh. What you think and how you express yourself is very important to him. And when you find people stepping on your right to speech, well, you can't say that and that offends me. And I don't like that when you said, nope, when you find that, you know he's got somebody brainwashed and putting them on your case. Amen. They say that when, when Hitler, uh, Hitler committed suicide eventually, uh, they, they believe, but 
many, many of his generals and other leaders were captured. They took them to trial in uh, Nuremberg, Germany. Uh, and I'm going to talk about the Nuremberg Codes and what that has to do with the COVID vaccine, how that's a violation. COVID's a violation of the Nuremberg Codes. You can read that for yourself, but I'll go over it uh, next time we get together. But part of Nuremberg, too, was the disposition of Hitler's personal effects. And there were um, uh, many notebooks and many diagrams on uh, witchcraft um, rituals and so forth. Uh, the there was a, um, a tribunal set up of of people who were judges, and they judged that that stuff should be burned up and destroyed. And uh, Winston Churchill made the comment. He said, "If we let this get out, he said, the church, the Christians, don't know half of this stuff how to fight it. If we let it become common knowledge, he said the church is so far behind knowledge wise." That they'll never be able to overcome this if we let more people know what this stuff is around. Amen? And so these are the things, folks. You thank God for people like that. Thank God that they keep a lot of stuff out of common knowledge. Because you don't think there's everyday people that want that kind of power? you kidding me? And they're operating in it all the time, even now. We'll talk about some of the, the um, elite very wealthy people, some of the rituals that they get involved in and how they derive power out of these situations. You'll understand why you got transvestites with your, your kids, uh, nursery school kids in their laps. Amen? That'll give you a good understanding of how those things happen because they happen because nobody's watching. People who watch are asleep, supposed to be watching are asleep. And then the, there's the incredibility factor where people just don't want to believe things are that bad. Amen. That's what they, they did in Germany for years. It wasn't that bad till they came for you. When they came for you, all of a sudden it was bad. By then it's too late. So why don't we pray? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to pray against the spirit of Pharaoh. And we command you, Pharaoh, to let the people of God go so that we can serve and worship the Lord. We will serve the Lord. We're not serving you. Uh, you're the arm of flesh and we don't want it. We don't need you. We don't need anything you have. We live in Goshen and everything is good in Goshen. We come out, we pray, and we take authority over you. But this is where we abide in the realm of the Spirit. Father, we ask you, raise up your people. We declare to you, Pharaoh, let the people of God go so that they may worship and serve the Lord. We bind you and your servants. We bind your powers of pride, compromise, false authority, witchcraft, false signs of wonders, oppression, bondage, man-killing, abortion, deceit, fear, idolatry, child abuse, domestic violence, drug abuse, and prostitution. We plague your land with pestilence and famine. We rain hail and fire on your spiritual wickedness. Our prayers are like boils in your flesh. We scatter your servants and strip your chariots of their feet, their wheels, and we strip you of your strength. We refuse to serve you by the arm of flesh. We will only serve the living God by the Spirit. We speak over woe to you and weeping and sorrow for your sin. We say the Lord, He is God. He is already defeated. 
defeated you and has taken the honor from you. We're just enforcing it. And we thank you, Lord, that you are our strength and our song. You are become our salvation. You are our God. You are dwelling place. We exalt you. The Lord, you are the man of war. Jesus is your name. And Pharaoh's chariots and hosts were cast into the sea already. Your chosen captains already drowned. You're dead men. The waters covered them and they sank to the bottom as a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power and you've broken the enemy in pieces in the greatness of your power. You have overthrown them that rise up against you. You set forth your wrath which consumed them as stubble with a blast of your nostrils. The waters were gathered together. They stood upright as a heap. The enemy said, I will pursue. I'll overtake. I'll divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I'll draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You did blow with your wind and the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Now who is like unto you, O Lord, among God? Who is like unto you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises and doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, that's Jesus, and the earth swallowed up the enemy. You and your mercy have led forth the people you have redeemed. You have guided us in your strength into a holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the wicked. The rulers of wickedness shall be amazed. They shall tremble and melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them, and by the greatness of your arm, they shall be as still as a stone till your people pass over, O Lord, till your people pass over which you have purchased. You shall bring them into the mountain of their inheritance, in the place which your hand has made for them to dwell in, in the sanctuary that your hands have established. And the Lord shall reign forever and ever and ever. Amen and amen and amen again. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. I don't have, and you name whatever it else the devil's trying to put on you, because you're healed. And it don't have me. And thank you, Jesus, by your wonderful, beautiful healing stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God.